Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey guys, welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, I have a very special guest. She's a member of the community that I am part of, and I she's one of my favorites, one of the main reasons that I am so excited to be a part of the community. Her name is Pita O'Brien Day, and she is a copywriter and a messaging strategist and the founder of Words by Pita. She also runs a community for business owners with a social conscious who want to talk about values in their messaging. So, Pita, if you've connected with her on LinkedIn, you know that she has beautiful photos. She's a beautiful writer. Her content is top notch. So, if you haven't connected with her yet, you're going to want to after this podcast. Pita, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you very much. I'm sure you say that about all your guests. <laughs> What? That they're my favorite? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, seriously, I have really enjoyed learning from you. I've only known you now for maybe like six weeks or something. I've been in the community. And every time I talk to you, I am perpetually impressed by the things that you have to say. And I'm like, wow, I need to get on her level. So here okay. you are. Hopefully, um, you know. I don't look like a complete moron next to you. <laughs> oh, no, that's um, cool. no. But I am so anyway, I've been so excited about this. And um, I that is something I don't say about every podcast recording. <laughs> I have actually genuinely been excited about this one. So Great. No, me too. good. <laughs> well, um, tell us a little bit about your business, um, how you got started, where you're at, maybe a little bit about how it's evolved and um why it's important to you. Cool. Okay. So as you can probably realize, I am from the UK um, and I lived uh, about an hour outside of London um, and I got into the mainly American copywriting space um, kind of by accident. Um, so I used to be a youth worker, uh, social worker, spent a lot of time with teenagers sitting um, on skate park walls, talking to teenagers about various things. Um very good about I got very good at getting out in the cold and <laughs> talking yeah. to people that talking to people that I didn't know um so building relationships was a massive part of my work and also finding ways to communicate with a naturally skeptical audience <laughs> so like teenagers are like they've got massive kind of detectors for any of that stuff I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast bullshit mm -hmm. yeah that was what I was gonna say yeah we'll just go with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't help myself. But that we that that has gone out the window long ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I should have checked. But yeah, so they've got massive bullshit detectors. So you have to be authentic because otherwise they can like smell you coming a mile away. Um, and you also have to have massive amounts of empathy because um they like although as a as a grown up it can seem like their problems are like I don't know fairly small like to them they're not so if you want to make any headway in building a relationship with them then you have to be able to get inside their heads and like feel things from their perspective so I spent fifteen years doing that wow um and then I had kids and there was a pandemic and like a whole bunch of stuff um 
and I had to find something else to do because um, for various reasons it was no longer like going out in the evenings and weekends and sitting on skate park walls and talking to kids didn't really fit into like the rest of my life so yeah <laughs> <laughs> you bring your toddler along hey guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a conversation killer I yeah. yeah um so I had to find something else to do um and for a few years I kind of wandered meandered around and tried to find something else um but I've always written uh about like everything and um I had a blog uh where I um when I got pregnant with my daughter I wrote a blog about um some of the weird experiences and a couple of people that I knew had businesses asked me to write blogs for their business from that perspective and then they paid me money and I went oh this is quite okay. interesting <laughs> um and then I and I discovered the wonderful world of content and copywriting and um started out writing blogs for not very much money and built my skills did an awful lot of training joined a lot of communities binge listened to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books and kind of yeah work my way up to where I am now um so I work mainly with health and wellness startups um and also with some health and wellness coaches um and I work with them on coming up with messaging and copy that really kind of reflects their values so it's quite a busy quite a crowded space um it's quite hard to stand out um, and one of the ways that you can really do that is by being actually being who you are online. Um, and that sounds really easy to do. But actually, if you're not a natural writer, then being who you are on your website or being who you are on your social media posts or in your content is actually quite hard to do. Um, it's quite hard to find that balance. So I help them do that. Right. And I don't know if you ever encountered this and, but you know, so you are mostly in the health and wellness space, mm -hmm. you said, um, and I'm in the financial advisor space, um, riffing off of this point that you made about it's, it's actually kind of hard to do. And there has to be a balance. I get a lot of pushback in, well, is this appropriate for LinkedIn? Like, should I be talking about myself? And, you know, that's not really the way that things have always been done. And granted, you know, I think maybe even five years ago, being on LinkedIn, it wasn't as commonplace to, you know, put pictures of yourself or talk about different ways that you, who you are contributes to how, how you run your business and things like that. Um, do you find that too in your space that there's pushback about, you know, is this really what I should be doing, putting myself in the front and center? Yeah, I think that a lot of, um, a lot of the people that I work with start out or start their businesses because they want to help other people like it's all about the it's all about their clients it's not about them and so the idea of putting themselves front and center as a means to an end to help those clients is sometimes quite hard to get their head around um and and I think with the LinkedIn thing it was pretty it was difficult for me at first like my my understanding of LinkedIn before I kind of started taking it seriously which is probably I don't know about a year 18 months ago only was that it was um that it was full of men in suits who just talked about like only posted when they got a promotion right and they wanted 
very good observation yeah like that was it that was all you did um and that it was like it was quite stuffy very professional um and and not very personality based and when I write it for like my own marketing it's like it's all of me like the I wrote a post today about how like I don't believe that the work the whole kind of work life divide thing exists anymore I love that post (laughs) thank you like I started my business as um a mom of two with an eight-month-old baby and an eight-year-old son at home being homeschooled because we were in the middle of lockdown like there was no way that I could divide my work and my life but I was still like serving my clients professionally but part of showing up meant I had to show up with all of me and for me that has had a massive impact in my reach a massive impact in um, the kind of the clients that I've managed to connect with and the success of my business and when when I help my clients to do that similar kind of thing and to put more of themselves and more of their values in their content, um, they see the same things. Like they, their visibility increases, their reach increases, and the people that want to connect with them are more their ideal client. Right. And it's funny, I mean, just speaking on that quickly is I was on a uh, prospect call right before this actually and he was like I feel like I already know you isn't that awesome from the power of content and I was like I feel like I know you too I wasn't nervous for this at all so it kind of it's just such a good way to break the ice and get people to learn about who you are so that they can decide for themselves before you know getting on a call with you or before reaching out that they think that you're going to be a good fit mm-hmm. so I, I love this about your marketing. I always have them always excited to see what you're posting about, not just because you put yourself in your marketing though, but you're not afraid to talk about values, which is what your unique um, superpower is in my eyes. When my, you know, I look at you as a copywriter and someone who, and, and for all intents and purposes, you're also sort of like in a business coaching role in this mm-hmm. respect, like showing them, you know, this is kind of the strategy that we're going to use and um, helping to bring some of these values out of them. So first, I just want to talk a little bit about what this means. What does it mean to put values into your messaging? So, you know, and what kind of values are they? Are there, is there anything that is off limits? Okay, so a lot of that depends on your comfort level, but a lot of it also depends on what type of brand you have. So not all brands have to be really personal kind of touchy-feely brands because there is a massive market and we're all trying to uh, we're trying to appeal to different types of people and different types of people will connect with different types of content so when I work with clients the first thing that I will do is we will work out what is their tolerance level in terms of the stuff that they want to talk about? Like, are there any no-go areas to them? Do they want to talk about their family or is that completely off limits? Do they want to talk about, um, I don't know, if we're talking about a, a well-being coach or a mindset coach, for example, do they want to talk about the traumatic event that led them to get into this line of work? Or is is that something that informs their practice but not something that informs their brand like what are their so I work on kind of more more personal and individual 
kind of boundaries and no-go areas. Okay. So if you're trying to work out what is okay and what isn't okay to talk about, a lot of it is based on what you feel comfortable with. Because if you're not 100% comfortable with it, then it's not good. It's not going to land. It's not going to connect because it's not like it doesn't feel real. Let me get something. Yeah. So this very quickly. I don't know why mm-hmm. I felt the need to go grab this. You can't be able to see it because of my stupid background. But this <laughs> is The Art of Memoir by Mary Carr. And I've written all in it because my lifelong dream is to write a memoir or multiple memoirs, you know, um, one day when I get the guts to do it. Um, (laughs) But one of the things that she talks about is this exact thing that you've just said in our introduction, which is people, not even just teenagers, but people have BS detectors and they can tell when you're bullshitting from a mile away. So she said the exact same thing that you said, which is if you're going, first of all, if you're going to talk about it, you have to divulge it all. They can tell when you're hiding something and then they don't trust you anymore. And then they're going to put the book down. Um, yeah. They're not going to get the message is not only not going to be delivered, but you're going to hurt yourself by yeah. trying to mask it and pretend that it was like sugar coated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that, you know, and marketing is a little bit different than memoir. Obviously, memoir, we're diving a lot deeper. Like, this is the entire point, right? But that when you try to, and so this one isn't really as applicable, but if you try to tell the story without the traumatic event, they can also tell. And yeah. so you're you're really doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. But so I just had to. Oh, no, it's really interesting. I need to go and get that book. <laughs> oh yeah it is really yeah I think that you would really like it even if you're not trying to write a memoir like she just has really good insight um you know as a writer mm-hmm. um so yeah so the first the first one is to talk about like what are your personal boundaries um and then I think it's um the other thing to consider is like who your audience is what okay. are they comfortable with and I think that the brands or the kind of individuals that connect the best with their audiences are um, are brands and individuals that have something in common with their audiences. So if the values that you have are similar to the values that your audience has, then why wouldn't you talk about them? Because um, then you're like you're sharing that extra point of connection, that extra point of reference. Um, you're building that trust. You're building that familiarity, like you said earlier, with like, I feel like I already know you. Right. Um, and people, especially in professions, so like the health and wellness field that I deal in and the financial field that you deal in, there's a massive amount of trust that needs to be built for um, for like those brands to work with their clients. Um, for a client to trust an advisor with their money or for a client to trust an advisor with like their mental well-being or their physical well-being, but you have to build so much trust. Um, and part of doing that is is letting them in a little bit and and sharing those connection points um i think that there are so there's another person in our community called um a a, a trademark lawyer called kelly who is gorgeous and i've had conversations with her about this um and we don't agree on everything but um she has some really interesting insights on looking into the legal implications of the things that you are going to talk about okay um, and how they affect your business. So um, depending on the field that you're in, um, it makes sense to be sensible about 
what you're going to talk about. So if you are going to um, talk about political values or your political beliefs, um, then it makes sense to have a think about what those wider implications might be. But I don't think that means that you should discount it completely. Like I think I personally don't think that anything should be automatically off the table. But I think that you need to look at what you're comfortable with, what your audience um, is for, like is comfortable with, and what the implications might be for your business, and whether you're kind of and whether you're comfortable with those. So it turns out it's all about uh, comfort. That was an unintentional. <laughs> Well, no, but it makes sense. I mean, on so many levels, not just because people, you know, well, it's all when it comes down to it, like you said, it's like showing up authentically and being yourself. Um, and when I talk about this, you know, sometimes as well, like, um, don't try to authentically be somebody else either. So <laughs> if you think that your audience, like, for example, I have a financial advisor in Washington, D.C. So a lot of the people in his audience are super politically minded and super politically charged or whatever. And he could he could pretend to be a certain way. And but people uh, ultimately, this is also doing yourself a disservice because you're going to attract those people that are like the fake persona that you're you're making and then you're not going to end up with the kind of clients you want and then you know the expectation is is a set based on a false narrative from the beginning um so it's best to just not pretend to be somebody else <laughs> yes <laughs> coffee out there uh let's be authentically you not mm -hmm. who you think they want you to be oh definitely yeah no that's really important because yeah you're right like especially when it comes to a, a, to the marketing space um, and in like whatever marketing you're doing, people these days are really jaded about marketing. Like they're, they're waiting to be ripped off. Like they're waiting to be kind of had to have the wall pull it, pulled over their eyes. So any sniff of you trying to be someone else or to try to kind of be that persona, then yeah, you're going to undo all the trust that you've built previously. Yeah, and I this is actually something that um, came up in the AI conversation recently because we did the webinar yesterday. And um, you can, let's say you've been working on LinkedIn for a year, year and a half, trying to build your following and gain their trust. And then all of a sudden you start putting all these robot generated captions up on your page. And all of a sudden it doesn't sound like you anymore. And, you know, there's just a really slippery slope there that you can um, lose that trust that you're talking about that we have to have in the financial advisor space and especially in the wellness space. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, if you are using tools like that, just be careful to make sure you're not, you know, or, or, and we talked about also like um, being open about the fact that you're using the tool to help you generate content. So, you know, one of my advisors, their compliance officer makes them put under each article, the author's name, but in collaboration with Lexicon Advisor Marketing. So, you know, if you're going to do something like that, just be transparent, you know, and say, you know, I, and I've gotten emails like this too, like, intro written with assistance from chat gpt and i'm like oh that's kind of cool like <laughs> and i was also much as the more respect i had so much more respect for that person than if i was just like hmm, that really sounds like a robot <laughs> yeah yeah definitely 
<laughs> human, we need human interaction here, people. But um, okay, so we talked about what what it is, um, and then you know the boundaries, the the, the types of values that you want to talk about basically all comes down to your comfort level, what you're comfortable with, what you think that your audience is comfortable hearing. Um, and I forget what the third one you said was. Um, so what implications there might be for your business and whether you're comfortable with those. So, for example, um, if you were going to dive into um the gun violence debate or the abortion debate or the or I don't know any an environmental debate then you need to decide whether you're comfortable with the fact that you might lose followers or clients or audiences who don't agree with you on those things and whether actually you're happy with that because you'll draw in more people who who will agree with you but you need to kind of yeah you need to weigh up the implications of those things for your business right um yes i hate that we have to be talking about gun violence again here we are again so terrible what is today today's march 31st so we just had the um this probably this this podcast probably won't air for another four or six weeks but we just had the the nashville shooting and Mm -hmm. of course you know we're none of us are happy about having to talk about this again regardless of where we stand on the gun issue but yeah it is i mean just even um in thinking like oh what am I gonna do I want to address this in my social media um what mm-hmm. would be the implications will I do if I potentially alienate a group of people because of the way I feel about this am I okay with that and yeah. that's what yeah. right okay mm-hmm. um very very that third one is one you know that I think just draw a little line in the sand and make sure you're ready to cross it <laughs> right and I think it's it to me anyway um I do, I kind of approach it in a similar way as um, niching down by industry or niching down by client. Like the the best business coaches will tell you that you cannot be all things to all people. Like, so you've already chosen to reject a large proportion of the market right. um, by the niche that you've, that you've chosen to kind of go with. And to me, the values pieces is another part of that kind of narrowing down your ideal client. Um, So it's, I mean, if you look at it that way, it's a lot less scary, I think, anyway. It is a lot less scary um, because it's something, I mean, and I think that most of the people who have niched down to an appropriate degree are probably reaping the benefits of it. So. Mm -hmm you know, there could be even more benefits in going in the values-based, even more narrow focus as well. Yeah. So, so I get that, that's perfect for the next question, which was why, like what, why would somebody want to do this? Why would someone want to infuse their values? I know we have a, we've kind of touched on it already, but. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, to me, there are lots of reasons, but then I'm obviously biased, but in terms of like, unbiased objective reasons um as as kind of more as more generations grow up to the point where they are spending money in your particular market area so you're looking at like gen y millennials and gen z um those generations are much more interested in the principles and the values that lie behind a brand that they shop with um so they want to know that the where they spend their money it is being used by and with people who um 
believe the same things as them or who think the same things are important. Um, so, for example, uh, in the UK anyway, I'm not quite sure about the American energy market, but um, a lot more people are choosing to um, how to buy their energy for their houses from companies that commit to only using renewable energy. So, okay. like, so for example, like my energy company uses 100% renewable energy, and that's what com- that's what comes into my home. Um, and for me, that was as important as the cost implications when I chose an energy supplier. That's becoming more and more common across like every, every space. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons for that is there is so much choice now in any marketplace, like whatever it is that you're buying, whether it's picture frames or like, I don't know, party hats or financial advisors or well-being coaches or um, uh, or personal trainers. Like there is so much out there in terms of choice that our brains can't cope with it. Like we're not designed to cope with that, those many choices. So we have to find ways to narrow those choices down. And one of the ways that is becoming more and more common for people to narrow those choices down is on the values and the principles and often the politics behind that particular brand. So so they're looking for a reason to shop with you rather than to shop with someone else. They're looking for a reason to choose you as their financial advisor rather than like some other guy that sent them an email right because especially in financial advising it's not as like cut and dry as buying a product you know and or I would even venture to say like writer like picking a writer of course Mm -hmm. that's a little bit different I guess you probably I always recommend working with a few to see which one you like the best but um you're you're so right and I've never thought about it that way like we cannot cope with this many decisions and everybody at least in my space they're all telling for the past 10 years they've all been saying the same thing to describe themselves like they're fiduciary and they really they're like we do it differently I'm like no you really don't do it really similar to this guy this this other stuff over here that you're not talking about that's what makes you different let's talk about that and that will help your consumer's brain take a break and say, whew, okay, finally I found the guy that I feel like is a good fit. Yeah, because our brains want us to, they want decisions to be easy. Like Our brains are always looking for ways to use less energy, basically. Right. Um, and the easier we make decisions for our clients, the less energy they have to use to say yes to us. Um, and so that's the decision that they'll make. Um, so being more open about your values, your principles, your politics helps people make easier decisions about working with you. Um, and then if you want like actual stats, so Sprout Social, which is a social media kind of um, a social media company that does lots of research, um, they released their annual social media report a couple of months ago. And they found out that 71 percent of respondents wanted brands to take a stand on sensitive issues and that was part of how they made their decisions on whether they went with that brand like 71 percent is ridiculous that's, like, that's really really high i mean it might as well be everybody i mean that yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> it might as well, might as well just like everybody wants you to take a stand so they can see if they align with you and if you're a brand or the company that they want to interact with 
Yeah. Yeah. So why would you make it harder for those people to find out what your principles and values are? But if, because if they have to search on some like random little footnote on the bottom of your like fourth page of your website or a social media post that you put up like three years three ago, Tuesdays ago. Yeah. Like, yeah not three gonna... Tuesdays ago might as well be three years. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to check like that. They're, they're going to, they, they'll look for a little while, but then if it takes too long, they just won't bother. And they'll go with somebody else who is being upfront about their principles and their, and their values. Um, so yeah so it I think in terms of um, subjectively like I think it's a I think it builds trust but like objectively it drives sales objectively it drives sales that's the bottom line so how do we drive sales using our values-based content for example like you just said three Tuesdays ago that's way too long so mm-hmm. what is like you find is a good cadence or a good way to weave the message in you know so it doesn't feel like I don't know overwhelming or yeah you know you're the expert so tell us what we <laughs> need to know <laughs> um so I think as well as as well as how often you do it it's also important how you do it so I think that's not I mean, in the UK as well as in the US, our political spaces have become really polarized. Like we're essentially shouting at each other from different sides of the room and not, and like nobody's bothering to cross the divide to talk to each other. Um, and that is not how you market. Aside from the social implications that that has, which do concern me and which I'm kind of trying to, to help with. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think we all need to have, but we all need to learn to have better conversations generally. But um, in business, if you are trying to um, connect with your with your audience, the way that you talk about your values is really important. Um, and it can't be, it can't be standing on a soapbox with a megaphone yelling into the street, like it has to be sitting down on the skate park wall next to the kids. And having a conversation that is the most powerful image to, to help get that illustration point across is brilliant yeah so basically that's what you need to do um and although i mean it sounds very simple but it can it can be a tricky balance to have but the important thing to remember is um humility i think so you have a value, you have a belief, you have a political kind of principle, and that's great. But um, if you are going to share it with other people, then you have to recognize, you have to be humble enough to recognize the humanity of somebody who's on the other end of whatever it is that you're saying. So if you, so it needs to be a dialogue um, where you're willing to kind of have someone talk back to you rather than shouting and running away. Um, so one of the things that we talk about in my membership in the soapbox is we talk about having that dialogue and we talk about what you do as a business if you've put a value out there and then somebody goes well I don't agree with you like how do you how do you engage with that person how do you have that dialogue how how are you open to talking with people who disagree with you without thinking that they're horrible people because that's kind of like where we've ended up um I was going to say, this feels like a life lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not just a marketing lesson. Like, we need to, like, 
learn how to be critical thinkers, have our own opinions, but also respectful of others' opinions in, you know, and allowing everybody to to occupy their own space and, you know, saying, I see you as human and I recognize that you're your opinion just like you said kelly's a beautiful person we don't agree on everything but here you know we are able to benefit from one another and and share a relationship despite that yeah yeah so i think that there's having values and weaving them through your messaging doesn't mean that you are setting yourself up as an impeachable authority on whatever it is that you're talking about it just means that you are sharing an aspect of your brand and an aspect of your personality um that some people might connect with um so yeah I think that's that's really important on a more kind of um granular level I guess in terms of um frequency and when I would share it I think the most important thing is to have um a strategy um and I don't mean to be like robotic like every second Tuesday I'm gonna post about like I don't know climate change yeah. um <laughs> or something else like and if and if if there's no second if, if i miss a tuesday then like yeah the world I'm a terrible is person and the world's <laughs> gonna burn um have you but, seen that show on apple tv which it's one called, this new show came out called extrapolations no okay so it's on apple tv and it's about climate change the show i don't know if it was based on a book by David Eggers or um he wrote the show or something but basically like 60% of the world is burning it's like 2037 and um I don't know so that's what I thought you were referring <laughs> to so you gotta check it out that sounds terrifying um, yeah. <laughs> I did watch I did watch don't look up um a couple of months ago that was terrifying oh, but I keep also forgetting about that one down. so good I, I'm um, writing it down yeah yeah definitely um <laughs> what was I gonna say yes. I didn't mean to sidetrack us but <laughs> no that's cool so you need to have a strategy like it can't if you are going to talk about your values as part of your business and your brand then it has to be as part of like everything else that you want to talk about like there are other key messages that you want to get across like telling people your views on on climate change or on um food poverty is not like you that alone is not going to get you clients like, and essentially that's why we're all in business so it so you need to weave the particular value or values that you've decided to talk about in amongst your other brand pillars or key messages or whatever it is that you want to call them um and they need to be part of a cohesive strategy and that's really important not only to make sure that you are kind of talking about key messages that resonate with your audience but it's also really important for authenticity like it needs to be it needs to be part of a whole as opposed to something that massively stands out because then it will start to feel performative like it will start your your audience might start to go well I don't understand why they're talking about this yeah doesn't make any sense yeah I mean I find that too like when let's say I I, this happens a lot when I'm writing emails like I want Mm -hmm. to use like a personal story but like and people will be like why are you going to talk about that I'm like you'll see 
Yes. Just wait. You have to weave it back into something that has to do with the business instead of just, like you said, soapboxing it. Like, there's no reason I'm here except for I'm super passionate and I'm going to scream at you, my views. Yeah. And <laughs> they I have nothing to do with anything, but <laughs> yeah. And if you want to do that on your personal page, then like knock yourselves out. But if you are, if your values are a strategic part of your business, and I don't mean that in a like you're using them to, to kind of you're taking advantage of them to get money or whatever but like they are an actual part of your brand like they're important to you they're important to um why you've set up your business they're important to kind of your role in society then they have to yeah it has to make sense to both you and to everybody who's kind of talking about your content um so so for example one of the things that I talk about is um growing up in a really really poor household um and that means that things like paying taxes as a business owner um are really important to me um so round about when I had to pay my first self-assessment tax bill I think like at the end of January I wrote a post about how yeah it was like it was a little bit like bum clenching I was like that is a lot of money that is just gone out of my account like I'm not sure how I feel about this um so I, yeah I'm not saintly like it was yeah it, it was a bull um but also how I survived growing up um because of other people's taxes like I remember they kept, that post yeah I remember it mm-hmm like they kept me fed they like they gave me a good education like they um they gave me a place in the library where I could read books that I couldn't afford to be at home and because of those taxes I am now running a business that puts money back into society right. um and that makes a contribution um and so things like that are really important to me um but when you take that post with the rest of my content like it's not doesn't stick out like a sore thumb like it makes sense because I I am about helping people find their voice um and a lot and part of that is because of is because of where I came from so yeah it's gotta make sense so your story makes sense yeah and what you do and also that not that you're telling the story for this reason but the byproduct is that it kind of gives you credibility for the Mm -hmm. passion that you have like the passion is real because it's coming from a place of personal experience Mm -hmm. hardship you know etc and things that you've overcome personally and as humans we can relate to that because we know from our own hardship that we've overcome how that affects our who we are I mean this who it how it affects who we turn out to be the things that we do in our lives and when there's something that important to someone you know that it's real Mm -hmm. yeah so I think if you're if you're struggling to figure out if you think like that this might be a good idea that you want to start talking about values and that kind of thing in your business then to me the first step is what are those things that keep popping back into your mind what are those things that kind of make your heart beat faster? What are those things that wake you up at four in the morning and you're worrying about? Like, um, aside from the Don't Look Up movie, because that was, yeah. <laughs> I got to watch it now. It's, yeah. it's, it's on the bucket list. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what are those things that really matter to you? Um, because those are the things that probably drive your business anyway, because, like, we're all kind of, we're all driven by our, by our passions and by our values anyway 
So if they probably drive your business anyway, then there is a link there and there is a story because nobody cares about things that deeply unless it has unless they've affected them in some way. Right. I mean, I think that's wonderful. And I just you telling that story reminds me of other stories that I've read recently. And those are the things, the point of me saying this is those are the things that stick with you. I've read your posts every day since you know, we connected around the, the around the turn of the year. Um, and that's one that I can't say that I remember, you know, every single thing that you posted, but that is one that I remember. And I think you even posted a picture of yourself. I did. Yeah, yeah. My little three-year-old self. <laughs> so it just goes to show that these, these are stories, these stories are important to share and they, they help you stay top of mind too, you know? So, um, so I am so happy that you were able to talk about this with me, not only because I was curious, you know, I, I knew a lot from LinkedIn and um, mm-hmm. our interactions in the community, but to get this information, I actually thought I made a post the other day about um, banned books in our town. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was thinking about you and I was like, how would Peter do this? So now <laughs> I have more insight and I can kind of ask myself these questions when I go to post about it or write about it in my own marketing. And I hope that the, our listeners will be able to do the mm-hmm. same, but I know that you, um, how can advisors who are interested in being a part of your soapbox community join you? Cool. So, um, you can find, um, you can find the link on my Instagram, on my LinkedIn. Um, you can find, um, my on my website I can send you details for show notes if um, yeah I will put everything in the show notes for sure and so wordsbypeta.com yep that's me so um if people are interested um or if they've got more questions um then they can yeah come and find me on LinkedIn or Instagram send me a message you can jump on my email list um and then you can hear lots more interesting stories about (laughs) about the rest of my life because I don't just talk about business um and then, yeah, and you can email me and, and ask me about it too. But basically, yeah, it's um, it's a monthly subscription-based membership for um, for business owners who who kind of think they want they want to talk about these things, but um, they're a little bit like they're a little bit scared and they don't quite know where to start. Um, there's a course that you run through in the community. Then there's a forum where everybody can kind of chat about different ideas and struggles that they're having and support each other and then we have fortnightly Q&A calls with me where we can thrash out like marketing questions and values-based questions that um that anybody's got and um yeah it's a lovely community everybody's very supportive so you guys go join PETA's community (laughs) and also we all need to start using the word fortnightly okay thanks Because it sounds really cool, like I'm going to go on a quest into the soapbox to my fortnightly meeting. <laughs> well, you know, we don't we don't really say that over here, but I love it. I love That's it. Brilliant. I'm very glad. Very so, happy to be the resident Brit. Yes, you're my resident <laughs> Brit. Um, thank you for being here. I know that this is going to bring immense value and hope and excitement to a lot of people listening. So, Peta, thank you again um, for being here and. We'll have to do this again soon. Yeah, we will. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit lexicon.contentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. 
And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.